Hey, what is up? Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Lofermento, and I've got a great guest who's coming on and joining us today. Her name is Rivka Penarelli. She is incredible when it comes to putting a strong focus on learning and development within companies, within associations, within all different group settings, because she really understands the human component of being successful at anything we're doing, whether it's a production company or our own businesses. So let me tell you a little bit about Rivka and her work. Her fractional HR services under the cooperation model that they use offers an economical solution for companies seeking comprehensive human capital, human resources, and payroll expertise without the need to hire dedicated position. So if you are tuning into this episode and you're thinking, Brian, I don't have an HR department. I don't understand human capital. I don't understand payroll. That's why we've got Rivka here to demystify so much of that. At Premier Human Capital, their focus is aiding in informed decision-making through internal data, adherence to federal and state regulations. We all need to pay attention to this, whether we want to or not, and staying abreast of current market trends. Rivka and her company aim to optimize all of our company's most valuable investment, which is, of course, the people behind the scenes, our teams. Their services encompass payroll management, human resource functions, and human capital oversight, and it extends to developing and implementing policies related to strategic areas, such as, all of these are important, talent management, organizational performance, training, development, compensation, aligning their clients' overall business with the strategies that they implement to grow those teams. I'm personally very excited about this one. I'm not going to say anything else. Let's dive straight into my interview with Rivka Penarelli. Rivka, we've got so much that we're going to dive into here today. But first things first, welcome to the show. Welcome. Um, thank you, Brian. Um, it was a wonderful introduction. Thank you for that. Heck yeah, you make it easy because it's already readily apparent to me as someone looking from the outside in. You love what you do and you place such a strong emphasis on the people and the development and the learning behind all of it. So I'm excited to hear your story. Take us beyond the bio first. I tease listeners a little bit, but how did you fall into all these amazing things that you're up to today? Well, I I will say that I I fell into them. Um, My entire career path has sort of been a... um, roller coaster on taking different directions at different times when things felt right. Uh, and I think that part of it is is really people. People is what matters to me. My, my beginning, the beginning of my career was um, theater. I wanted to be a theater director. I wanted to direct productions in New York uh, on Broadway. And what I really liked about it is working with different people with different talents, um, in different parts of sort of theater, you have so many different things that come together and then you tell a story. And what you're doing with that story is you're trying to create dialogue, learning um, for people to create conversation about topics. And I didn't want to be a starving artist. So I had a, I had a day job and that's where I fell into accounting. Uh, it really sort of, it came naturally to me. I'd never thought that that would be a direction that I would go in. And I fell into accounting. And what I liked about accounting is, yes, there's some order to it. You know, there's transactions, you have to follow certain, um, certain path within accounting. But at the end of the day, it's again, telling a story. It's telling a story of how your company is doing, how different areas and departments in your company are doing. And uh, from there, 
I sort of leaned into sort of the payroll side of things and that rolled into the HR side of things, which sort of brought me back around again uh, to working with people and sort of what makes people grow, what makes people, you know, sort of do their best, sort of perform their best. And I really found that that comes from from learning and development. When you really invest back into people, they invest back into you. It's sort of a natural um, way of, of being is that if you see, if you feel seen, if you feel heard, if you feel that you're, that people are present with you, you sort of give that back naturally. So that's sort of, you know, I, I can't, I, I like the idea of storytelling. I like the the, the idea of collaborating with other people. And I really like the people centric sort of view of every company is going to do their best when they have the people there really investing their best back. Yeah, I really love that overview, especially because as someone who majored in economics and finance in college, I love the fact that your story really starts out with that accounting and financial background. But inevitably, it leads to humans, it leads to people, because at the end of the day, why do these numbers matter? Why do dollar signs matter? Just because it's people that's powering these organizations. So I love hearing that backstory. And I know for you personally, passion is at the root of so much of it as well. Obviously, you talk about wanting to go into the theater. One thing of your story that I absolutely love, and I think it's such a healthy mindset for not just entrepreneurship, but also for life is your own passion about learning. For example, you have taken a, I think I read on your website, dyslexia, correct? Yes. So you've taken that and turned that into a superpower for you. And I think it's also simultaneously given you that appreciation for the way that others might learn and the way that others might develop differently. Talk to us about that, because I feel like it's so core at you have a very empathetic approach to what you do. Talk to us about how that has played into your approach for all things, human capital, human resources, and really development and growth. So um, I think like, I think for many dyslexics, uh, at least um, for my generation, grew up in an environment that there wasn't necessarily a lot of support around it or a lot of understanding around it. And basically all that it is, is my mind works a little bit differently than, than other people. There's things that are more challenging for me and there's things that come to me really easily. And I don't think that's any different from any other person. It's really tapping in and finding for each person where where they excel, where they need more support, where things are more challenging for them, and finding ways of how to support them through that instead of saying, oh, this they don't do very well, so, so they're not good at all. That's not true. Everybody has something about them that is that is really unique to them. And if we can support the areas that they're challenged in, we can really let everybody shine to their best of their abilities. Yeah, I think that's such an important takeaway. I think it's an Albert Einstein quote where he once said that if we judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it'll live its whole life thinking it's an idiot. And I relate to that because as a child, I remember being assessed on Gosh, for me, it was physics and chemistry. Any physics and chemistry exam, I was just not my best student. I was not my best academic self. It had no bearing on my ability to do public speaking or to understand strategy, understand people management. So Rivka, I love the message. And especially, I think it's relevant as someone who is an HR specialist and someone who helps other companies because getting those people in the areas where they can excel is obviously super important. Obviously, as smaller entrepreneurs, smaller business owners, not all of us have the luxury of having an HR department. But when we look at super successful companies, 
Every single one of them does. What is HR? What is at the root of the the service that HR provides to these companies that every single successful company on planet Earth devotes resources and people to that function because clearly it leads to growth. So Rivka, for all the entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs out there, what the heck is HR? Why should we pay attention to it? Well, I'm going to take a step back um, and say all the entrepreneurs out there that are starting a business, there's something that they're passionate about. There's something that they want to do. There's something that they want to bring to the world. Um, if it's a service, if it's a product, they didn't come to, they didn't start their business to do accounting, to do HR, um, to do, you know, business structure, or maybe they didn't come there. Marketing is not their thing. And so really when you're starting out your business, yes, when it's just you or maybe one more person, yes, you're doing it all. And the question is, what is the tipping point that that's no longer a good use of your time? You know, is it when you get some sort of investment in, maybe it's your first seed investment, or maybe it's, you know, your series A and you're starting to grow and you're starting to invest. It's the question is, who should you bring in to be the experts in areas that you are not so that you can spend your core time on your business really where you want to be? Because you didn't start your business to deal with how to run payroll. Nobody starts their business to do that. Uh, so it's really bringing in the people that have expertise in those areas. And and where I feel sort of having, you know, a fractional HR solution for smaller companies, it allows them to bring in that expertise. It allows them to bring in people that know what's going on in the industry and can help them. And really what it helps is when you're hiring and you've recruited and you invested a lot of time in in interviewing and finding that right candidate to come into your company to help grow your business. It doesn't stop there. You should think of it as that you continuously need to recruit your staff to keep them engaged, to keep them learning, to keep them developing so that they can help you continue to grow. And if you sort of don't invest in the people once they come through the door, then they're going to look elsewhere at some point to find new opportunities where they can grow. So I really wanna help companies really find the way of having a clear path for their HR, making sure that it's in line with their culture of how they wanna represent themselves as a company and really make sure that they're, the policies that they put in place, um, everything that they're working towards is aligned with their sort of company vision. We see this a lot that things are not aligned between what they roll out as a policy and how they see themselves as a company. And so that's another area that I think um, an HR professional can really support. And where we come in as, as, as human capital is we're saying there's different levels. There's different levels to invest in your employees. You know, some of it is compliance and requirements that you need to do. Um, to be, you know, to make sure that you're keeping your company, you know, uh, safe um, for not violating any um, federal or state regulations. But on the other hand, it's really about, are your employees feeling heard? Are you putting the best, um, you know, benefit package in place for your team, for your budget, um, for your culture? So really an HR and um, department um, that has a sort of holistic view of your entire company can really help you sort of put that all together. And I think for smaller companies, the sooner you can put it in place and start growing that, I think the more stable your team is going to be uh, and the more stable the company is going to be. And when you all of a sudden have a huge growth within the company, you already have those building blocks in place. 
So it really helps you because you already know how to work within the way that you set up your culture and your company and the way that you want to invest back in your employees. So it's already in place. You don't need somebody full-time when you're small. And maybe even when you grow bigger, you'd still want a larger support in the background. And that's where sort of we come and we can scale with you. Um, and we can also pare down if you bring in an HR professional because you've hit a certain uh, level, but we can still support that HR professional within your organization. Wow, Rivka, I love the way that you phrase that. I'm not sure I've heard anyone talk about it in this regard where you said we need to find the right solutions for your company and for your culture. I think that's such a powerful indicator of the various things that you consider at really, I mean, so much of our conversation today keeps coming back to that human element. And I'm going to go a little bit deeper there because I think it's so fascinating that you've got such a diverse range of experiences, not only measured by company size, but also by industry. You've worked within the nonprofit space. You talked about your love for theater. And I think that when you talk about really incentivizing our team members through that growth, through that education, through that development. I think that, and I'm willing to bet, I'm super curious to hear your perspectives on this, that your experiences show you the really wide world of what motivates people and what actually matters to people. It's not always money. A lot of people think, oh, what's HR going to tell me? How much to pay somebody? But it goes so much further beyond that. Rivka, with the understanding that people develop in different ways, people value different areas of growth. For example, one of my team members, Laura, who's been on the show, she makes so much of this stuff possible. For Laura, it's all about freedom. It's about time freedom. It's about location freedom. She loves just being able to set her schedule up and travel a lot, which is really cool to see someone on our team doing that. Talk to us about some of those considerations on a human level that go beyond just money that maybe business owners miss the ball on. Well, I think the the first area is you have to you have to have your pulse on what's happening with the people in your company. Part of that is doing surveys. Part of that is making sure that managers are connecting with their team members on a, a somewhat regular basis. We know there's the you know the performance review, the dreaded performance review that happens once or twice a year, and that really doesn't have any value. That's coming in twice a year if somebody's struggling with something or somebody needs something waiting six months or 12 months to even address it, um, you've already lost that employee in some ways. Um, you're not connecting with them. So, so I would say that connecting with your employees is really important and, and understanding them as individuals, but also understanding them as a whole. We can't solve everything. We're not going to be able to make every employee happy with being able to fulfill every single need that they have but it's coming together and being able to hear all those different voices and being able to cultivate something that sort of meets some areas in the middle maybe some exactly on the mark but being able to really hear what the team needs from my perspective i think where i've really really grown and developed is when i've had a really good mentor in my company somebody that really took the time um, to invest back in me and I want to help companies invest back in their employees. Um, for example, my three main uh, mentors over over the course of my um, career um, have all been very strong, uh, wonderful women. And all three of them have helped me on this journey of uh, starting my own business. You know, I had one that has one that is a lawyer. And so she sort of helped me, you know, figure out some things on the legal side. One is an artist and a designer. And she, you know, helped me come up with my logo and design my logo. Um, and one is, is a previous 
boss that really sort of uh, gave me the confidence to go ahead and do this is to take my passion and to build it into something the way that that I want to build it. Just like everybody that is uh, starting their own business is really trying to build something the way that they envision it. It allowed me to say, I want to work in an organization that helps other companies, but also internally, the way that I want to work with the employees within is I want to give back the same things that I'm trying to help other companies accomplish. Yeah, I love that perspective. Honestly, it's so easy to point to it and say, oh, it's great. We practice what we preach. But so frequently, I love that quote about the cobbler's son has no shoes. I remember when I was running my SEO agency, the worst search engine optimization website that existed was my very own because I just didn't have that time. And also, I was younger. I, I didn't have as much experience as an entrepreneur. So Rivka, hearing the way that you view your own growth as not only an HR specialist, but as a business owner yourself, it's incredible to hear that. And it's so cool hearing that real life application of mentorship, how it's affected you and now how you ensure, in turn, ensure that it positively affects the companies and clients that you get to work with. So I love those perspectives. Part of it, listeners know, we always ask our guests, what's your zone of genius? And Rivka, I loved your answer. You gave such an in-depth answer. But at the core of it is you being a reflective investigator. That is a term that I've not heard before. I'd love to hear your perspective and how that gives you really that unfair advantage from the outside looking in at other businesses and your clients to help them get at the core core of what they actually need. So uh, I think this also, <clears throat> excuse me, this sort of um, is where I started my career in theater is one of the things that I learned as being a director is being able to listen, um, really being able to listen, you know, one is to listen to other people's ideas and thoughts, but also when you're watching, you know, actors working on a scene is to listen and hear what's being said. So I think that that is part of it is being able to listen and to really hear what is being said, not necessarily the words, um, because people aren't always, you know, there's subtext, there, there's other things that are going on. So be able to hear exactly what is being asked of me. Um, I found that throughout my career as being able to listen to clients. And sometimes they'll say, I need you to do this. And that this might not be exactly going to get them the results that they want. So um, the reflective investigator really comes for, I like to think things through. I like to be thoughtful around um, the actions that I take and the way that I interact with people. So uh, the reflective investigator really refers to is I like to take things in. And I like to think about it and I like to investigate and I like to come up with a solution that um, will best uh, fit the scenario. Yeah, I love that. Obviously, a key trait. And that's why listeners, we've been seeing this more and more as time has gone on this, the business model of fractional bringing in a fractional expert. It's not a full time employee that you're bringing on board, but you get to tap into the full time full career experience of experts like Rivka to come and look at your business, which I think is incredibly powerful. With that in mind, I feel like one area that a lot of people I for sure when we're talking about emotion or entrepreneur, 
entrepreneurial maturity, when we're talking about growth and development of our own companies, we don't understand out of the gates as newer entrepreneurs, the importance of things like payroll, the importance of things like regulations and staying in line with it. I guess with not only your subject matter expert hat on, but especially with your fellow business owner hat on, how are those things so important? Because a lot of them, we wait to address them until we don't have a choice of addressing them. What's the importance? Talk to us about when and where we start to focus on doing those things right. So I think it's important to to focus on them from the start. And there are, there are a lot of different options out there that you can start small. <clears throat> There's um, POs, professional employment organizations. If you're not really ready to delve into deep sort of HR and human capital, but you want to make sure that your payroll is running properly and so that you have sort of have a, a partnership there. That's a, that's a way to start. Really the problem on the people front is that if you don't handle it properly, it can become something big. It can become a lawsuit. It can become a problem. It can create toxic environment within your company that things are not functioning right. So really making sure that sort of once you start hitting, I would say like five employees, you really want to start looking at this and say, hey, you know what, I want to make sure that there's some oversight around this. I want to make sure that, you know, if payroll isn't running properly, you could be losing money, you could be paying people incorrectly. um, And you could be overpaying them, you could be underpaying them. And these are things that you might be paying taxes incorrectly. um, And if nobody's checking on it, if nobody's looking at it with a critical eye, then it's just going to get lost. Um, it's going to get lost in the shuffle and you might just think that's the cost of running payroll. Um, you want to make sure that um, with dealing with your employees, um, when you start hiring and you really start hiring, you want them to have a really nice introduction to the company. You want to have them a small, smooth sort of connection in the company. You don't want it to feel piecemeal that the company doesn't know what they're doing when you're co- when they're coming on board. You want them to feel because that's the scariest part. You're starting a new job. You might know the job that you're doing. If you're a programmer, you've been programming for a long time. If you've been in sales, you've been in sales a long time. Um, Or you might be junior and it might be all new to you. But really that sort of first place where you drop in is you want to have that to be smooth for the employee. You want to make sure that you're checking in, that somebody is checking in and making sure that they are getting what they need to be successful within the organization. So I really do think that... being thoughtful and thinking about these things and making sure that it's, you know, you found that person, you want to bring them in, make sure that they have a a good introduction to your company, because that's what they're going to sort of remember is that introduction, how it went. You know, I think it's sort of like in the first, you know, 30 to 60 days is when people sort of, you know, really feel, is this the place? Did I land in a good spot? Is this where I want to be? And part of that is your culture and making sure that your culture is there, both in policy and in action, um, both from management and from, you know, the rest of the team. 
Yeah, Rivka, hearing you talk about those things, I really hear that clear level of intentionality in your approach. You talk very intentionally about that onboarding experience for new team members. You talk very intentionally about how they and we and our strategies and our tactics fit into our business culture. Obviously, in your view of it and the way that it should be is that these things shouldn't just happen by mistake. They should be things that we are consciously choosing. With that in mind, I mean, you've already talked a little bit about performance for Reviews. It's something we've all probably been on both sides of the table of, especially for a lot of listeners here. With that in mind, what are some of those tactics and strategies that you love to roll out in companies that maybe smaller businesses may not be realizing, but they make a really effective approach to building a company culture, to onboarding people in the right ways, so that they're excited about their new positions and joining a new team? What are some of those kind of tricks that you've got up your sleeve? What do you have in your bag of, of weapons and tools to make that stuff successful? So I would say in many ways, we're in sort of a renaissance of, uh, we'll call it HR. There are so many systems out there that can really help sort of deal with, um, the the side of the side of onboarding the side of um uh, employee checks and check-ins and um performance reviews there's a lot of tools out there that really help um build that culture build that connection and it's not it's not hard it's not paper-based anymore that you know you fill out a paper form it goes into some file and is never thought of you can have connections that are happening on on a regular cadence that really allow you to set shorter term goals and really allow employees to feel that they're meeting them, which makes them feel successful. There's a, there's many, many tools out there that support that. And what's important about those tools is to have somebody that's going to manage them and make sure that they're working and getting the reports out of them to be able to analyze the data that is coming in. It's not enough to just implement a system and then just let it run. You want to make sure that you're getting the most out of that um, HR software or human capital software. You know, there's, there's ones that really focus on on performance reviews. There's ones that really fork, uh, focus on employee engagement. Um, and it's really about sort of picking, you know, there's the uh, HRIS tools that like really focus on onboarding experience. So it's, it's figuring out, I think every company needs to figure out what's important for them, what's important for them now, what's important for them for the future. Probably what you're going to be looking for is maybe, you know, three to five different softwares because you have payroll, you have benefits, you have performance, you have engagement, you have culture, you have all these different things. I haven't found one tool that meets them all. And that's why it's sort of trying to find what is important. What do you want to build? How do you want to add these things on and build them as building blocks um, to get to the place where you want to build and, um, and be as a company. So really there are, a multitude of tools out there now. It's just making sure to find the right one that suits your company and your culture. And part of that is working with somebody that can help guide you through that process. Yeah, Rivka, listeners know that my word for 2024, my word of the year is building. And you're getting me excited. You're talking about building blocks. You're talking about finding these right solutions. It's almost, it's, I would say it's actually a good thing that there is no one universal tool out there because then how would we get it to fit into our unique needs? It's really up to us for that self-discovery. And listeners, I know I keep echoing it. It's because I so deeply respect the work that Rivka and her company do is we don't know what we don't know. We are entrepreneurs. We are the practitioners. If you own a web design agency, chances are you're a really good web designer 
developer or designer. And that's what you're good at. We're not all necessarily good at this stuff, which is why I love that phrase. You can't read the label from inside the jar. Having someone like Rivka come in and shine a big light on all the things that we don't even realize that we don't know. This is the exciting stuff when it comes to building. So I love hearing your perspectives on that. With that in mind, What's something that you think every business owner should start to put into practice? We talked about so many different topics here today, Rivka. A lot of good things. I'm going to go back personally and re-listen to this episode because a lot of it is actionable. You pointed out, it's not just set it and forget it. We have to stay on top of these things as business owners, as leaders, as bosses, as team members. We need to constantly have this part of our workflow. What's that one thing? What's the one thing you hope listeners walk away from today's session with? I think I think the the one thing is sort of being thoughtful and listening to your team. I think it's really important to tap into the voices of what's going on with your team. Um, both, you know, people are not do not leave themselves at the door. Their 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 personality and what's going on in their in their home life is going to affect what's happening in the work life. So, being in touch with your employees, I would say. Um, being attuned to what's going on is a way that um, you can support them and they will in turn support you. So really, I would say is, is, is have an open dialogue. Have an open dialogue with your team. Understand what's going on. Yeah, I love that advice. And it's applicable to every single one of us. And it's a big challenge for all of you entrepreneurs out there saying, well, Rivka, Brian, I don't have a team just yet. These are the building blocks of what moves your business forward. A lot of times we have to, it's that old entrepreneurial phrase is that we have to jump off the cliff and build the parachute on the way down. We're never going to know the right answers to these things until we start navigating those challenges, until we start going outside of our comfort zone. And this is where growth actually happen. So Rivka, I love all the wisdom that you've dropped on us here today. I know that for myself and listeners, they're going to be thinking, gosh, it'd be great to have someone like you in my corner. So the stage is yours. Where the heck should listeners go to go deeper into your business, Premier Human Capital, and all the great work that you're up to? Uh, well, you can you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and um, my website is uh, www.premierhumancapital.com. Um, uh, I, I do want to leave, you know, today with saying, you know, I'm going to ask everybody the question on a scale of one to 10. Where are you today? And really sort of think about that. Um, ask your team members on a scale of one to 10. Where are you today? Um, <clears throat> because that's really going to help um, understand where you are. Um, and so if you're, if you're low, then ask yourself, what can I do in my business to make myself not be, you know, on a six or lower, you know, and if you're, and if you're on the seven to 10 <clears throat> is, is to say, okay, how can I keep myself, um, in this trajectory of, of feeling, you know, uh, on the higher numbers. Yeah, a really great standard to hold ourselves to. It's such a theme on our show this year is elevating those standards. And I love the way that you help so many businesses and teams because that's what powers businesses do that. Rivka, your work is amazing. The link is premierhumancapital.com. Listeners, you already know the drill. We're dropping that link down below as well as a link to Rivka's personal LinkedIn if you want to reach out to her and continue the conversation and tap into all of her expertise with all her diverse experiences. Check out the show notes down below for those links. Otherwise, Rivka, on behalf of myself and all the listeners around the world, thanks so much for coming on the show and being so generous with all your knowledge and insights here today. Thank you, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. 
Hey, it's Brian here, and thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. If you haven't checked us out online, there's so much good stuff there. Check out the show's website and all the show notes that we talked about in today's episode at theentrepreneurshow.com. And I just want to give a shout out to our amazing guests. There's a reason why we are ad-free and have produced so many incredible episodes five days a week for you, and it's because our guests step up to the plate. These are not sponsored episodes. These are not infomercials. Our guests help us cover the costs of our productions. They so deeply believe in the power of getting their message out in front of you, awesome entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that they contribute to help us make these productions possible. So thank you to not only today's guests, but all of our guests in general. And I just want to invite you check out our website because you can send us a voicemail there. We also have live chat. If you want to interact directly with me, go to theentrepreneurshow.com, initiate a live chat. It's for real me. And I'm excited because I'll see you as always every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday here on the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast.